word day and beginning or perfections we use <coughs> just for bringing attention on the, the way it is. Last evening I talked about the the, the ideal <coughs> ability to <coughs> conceive ideals, and in the, yesterday morning I talked about the primordial energy instinct. So this uh, this is all contained. This is all experienced through this one form, this human body from the uh, primordial energy, instinctual nature, procreation, survival. Then the top peak of our kind of ability to conceive the highest possibilities, the, the purity of love and <coughs> wisdom and compassion, generosity. <coughs> moral ideas and um, the perfect man, the perfect woman, a god, a devada. We can conceive, uh, <clears throat> we, can, we can perceive that, that all, all sentient beings, we can, we can say, May all sentient beings be free from suffering. We can think in that way as an ideal we can create in our mind. <clears throat> and yet as a separate earthbound form, we have instinctual energies to deal with, powerful energies that, that we sometimes frightened, frightened of. In this realm of uh, the dark side, the instinct and the primordial powers that we say uh, in, in the ideal world, these are are not even they're more or less suppressed, ignored. The world of ideas, static ideas. Remember, ideas are static. They're not dynamic. The perfect woman is static. Like Prince Waysenborn <coughs> is not, is not, uh, is he, he's a static figure. He's not dynamic. Because it's an ideal, the Buddha Rupa behind me is an ideal, is an idol. Beautiful, but is static, not dynamic. The human form, when we, when we attach to stasis, to the static, when we identify with that, then what happens? If you're just attached to an idea, an ideal, of what you should be, and what everything should be. And you can only feel despair in regards to the way it is. You can just be critical and negative because it shouldn't be like this. Most of the time life is not ideal, is it? It's not what it should be. Very seldom do we find the this experience of life at any moment what we would like it to be as an ideal the ideal meditation retreat the ideal monastery the ideal monk the ideal nun the ideal lay person the ideal anagarika
So when, when, when all we know, when all we really believe in and attach to and think about and recognize our ideas, then we become critical <coughs> and cynical and bitter. <coughs> so the aim, say, in the holy holy life is to is to recognize this this primordial energy, this instinct. To know it, to to come to terms with it, to accept it, which is sexual drive, the uh, pro, uh, the uh, self-preservation. So it's the experience of fears, primordial fears, and and uh, tendency that energy if if we don't recognize it, don't understand it, then we tend, it, be, it becomes suppressed and it comes out in all kinds of, creates other problems for us. If we don't have any ideals to guide us, then we become just animalistic, bestial, like, just like animals. If we don't have an ideal, a, a guiding star, then this energy is just, we just, uh, you know, all we think about is sex and uh, violence. That's why those two subjects are so, so uh, kind of uh, compelling to us. Even though, no matter how idealistic we might be, how refined our tastes might be, how cultivated we, our minds have become in the aesthetic realms, in high ide idealistic realms, there's still something very basically compelling about sex and violence. <coughs> Fear. Tremendous fears go through our go through our body and we can feel it in our guts this this uh, knots and and uh, unresolved fears in regards to this this kind of instinctual primordial energy how many of the nuns have been celibate women how many of you recognize that in just uh, say that the, the, the female experience of a, a womb, menstrual period, the, the, a body that was made for procreation, procreating the species. Or how many of you just ignore it or have ideas, ideals about it? There's just reflection for you to contemplate a kind of, the, the way it is, what we have to come to terms with, recognize, understand. We're not just trying to become ideal nuns or monks, kind of pure uh, brahmacharyans, uh, with pure hearts and minds, the ideal, isn't it? Like the Virgin Mary or Kuan Yin, the the bright, the pure, the lovely, the radiant, all enlightened type of ideal, when we're feeling uh, very uh, kind of dark and powerful energies. Or, if we don't feel them, why don't we? What, what, what is it that, we, that we're uh, frightened of? Because fear is always the sign of our, in a, our lack of ability to come to terms with this. They with <coughs> the female uh, situation is, is something I can't speak from direct experience about. <laughs> Just it's something that 
<coughs> trying to get you to to uh, really contemplate open to the the body you have not judge it or just suppress or deny it or idealize it or exalt it a lot of this uh, feminist movement exalts femininity makes it tries to tries to raise it up as an ideal rather than and and uh, and form opinions and identities with it rather than understand it where the way out of suffering transcend it you want to transcend femininity you don't want to become a woman the aim for is nibbana transcendence rather than becoming <clears throat> recognize the body is a desire body it's made for procreating the species it needs to survive it needs food, it needs protection, shelter, it needs medicines when it's sick. Hunger and thirst, fatigue, the fact that it is that it is a condition that is easily hurt. It's, we easily we, we know that we can be physically uh, hurt, brutalized, we can be attacked, like for female fear of rape, of being sexually attacked by the male this is a kind of natural fear instinctual fear because this is a possibility the ideal says it shouldn't be like this Men shouldn't be that way. Men should respect women and shouldn't force their will upon them. That's the ideal. That's how it should be. But the possibilities on the instinctual realm are not ideal, isn't it? They're, they're this way. The forces and energies of, of, of the human body, the male body, female body, are like this. That the, the male body... Uh, is is an aggressive form. Its whole appearance is an aggressive appearance. The, the male uh, genital organ is an aggressive organ. The uh, the male body is is not a nurturing body. It's not made for suckling children or caring or getting pregnant. It is made for attack. Its strong and powerful form. If you want to show power in a symbol to the human mind, if you want to exhibit power as a symbol, you always uh, use a, a strong man, a man who's who's a very muscular, powerful-looking figure, big jaw and, and uh, thick brow, bulging muscles looking like a warrior, like some creature that's ready to attack. This is, this is a very powerful uh, symbol of, um, in, that, that affects our minds, isn't it? When we see such a picture, it definitely, we recognize there that this is a power symbol, where the female, uh, say, there, there's the sense of they can also look powerful by emulating, copying the, the male. But the female in nature is a, is a nurturing condition. It has to gestation period of nine months, having to carry a, an, an embryo and developing into a fetus and then to a baby and so forth, and nurturing, suckling a child, a baby, and all this 
this kind, these, these kinds of, of conditions affect the mind in a different way. A man who's never, who doesn't have that kind of a body doesn't know what it's like. I can't imagine, it's really hard for me to imagine uh, being pregnant for nine months or suckling a baby. I can't imagine holding a baby to my breast and nurturing it. And uh, the idea actually repulsive to me. I just couldn't bear it. Is that just me, or is that just because I don't have the karma for it? I don't have the equipment to do it, and the mind is not is not, and and because of that, the mind has no inclination or desire or feeling for it. One appreciates it in women. One doesn't. Not that one thinks anything's wrong with it. It's just as something one can do or would like to do. It's just not there in my mind. It's not something I would. I've, uh, I can even think of wanting to do. So men without ideals, without guiding stars, we become brutes. We use uh, the power we have, the powerful bodies we have, just to to destroy or to just follow those energies on a even a worse than animal level. I mean, at least animals follow mating seasons, where because of our ability to create fantasy world, we can use our ability to idealize into creating ideas of. You know, through ambition, through trying to get power for ourselves, or just stupid fantasy life. So you can see that if if men, if the male <coughs> does not aim at something higher, such as the Buddha, the realization of ultimate reality, if there's no spiritual possibilities for men or women, then we are really pathetic creatures. It'd be better to be an animal where we're just operating within the, in the uh, laws of instinctual activities. And we can't imagine anything outside of it. We just accept the fate because we can't imagine anything else. So we just procreate and, and uh, survive uh, without any thought of there being anything beyond that. That would be easier to cope with, wouldn't it? That, because we wouldn't think or conceive of anything beyond that, possibilities beyond that. But a human being is one that's always had, even the most primitive forms have had this intuitive sense, transcendent, connection to something beyond just the earthly plane and instinctual realm. So then we we have our guiding star, we have the energy, we have the panya, in other words, the and the sila. the limitation, the fence for the energy, the containment of that energy to say the five precepts. They not use our primordial energy for killing, for stealing, for sexual misconduct, for bad speech, not to to get drunk or addicted where we lose control, ability to to uh, to know what we're doing.
without sila, without the five precepts, then we, we are, uh, <coughs> we, we forget, we get caught up with the, with the exciting, powerful energies men do. <coughs> if you don't have, uh, if you don't have, uh, if you don't determine to live within the five precepts and you have no ideal goal, no guiding star, then what happens to us? We get carried away with power. Power is exciting. You know what's like to be to have uh, this power in your body. It is very exciting. You can see it in young, especially in young young men, when he, these big motorcycles and all these symbols for power. Things uh, that look brutal and tough and powerful. <laughs> male figures. It's a very exciting kind of energy. I imagine in the in the young women wanting to look pretty and the the the, the pleasure it must be to be attractive, to attract men. <coughs> to stand up and, and have everyone and men look at you and admire you and think, wow, look at that. <laughs> Blink the eyes and, and walk across the room and all the men are mesmerized by your, by your shape, your form, your loveliness. That must be pretty thrilling. They're on that level, isn't it, of, of, uh, of attraction, procreation of the species. Should be able to attract those powerful figures. There's a lot of that must be its own pleasures, its own excitements, exciting. And in the in the uh, reflection on samadhi, this sila samadhi panya, we're talking about the heart. This is and the ideal, say, a static ideal, goal, a guiding star, the energy, and between those two, say, it lies the the human heart. This is the, the feeling nature that can be just based on, just can be just a undeveloped uh, uh, emotions, just based on uh, just reacting to things, being deluded, being identified with ideas or, or with frightened of the instinctual powers and energies and we just get and we just react emotionally frightened and anxious and worried or we go negative and uh, despairing and depressed because uh, we can't we can't live up to the ideals and we have these we have these uh, tendencies some kind of gross tendencies we, that we're identified with also because as we identify with ideas we also think we might be these these kind of uh, animalistic type creatures these these fear these these uh, kind of people with creatures that are inferior and want they say to kill or steal or lie or just uh, coarse and gross and nasty and unpleasant beings. So emotionally we get very confused. We don't know how to relate to the 
intelligent ideal world or the uh, primitive primordial energies so we just find say in our hearts a tremendous confusion and cloudiness we worry and anxious and frightened and bewildered by this experience of life. Now the emotional nature and our hearts and feelings, these we can feel great love for others and we can feel uh, compassion we can feel totally selfless when we when we really feel when we feel blissful and truly happy is when we're selfless when we're not just reacting uh, to the energies and the instinctual nature and we're not just caught up in being mm -hmm. negative and critical from the from the uh, discriminative functions of our mind the emotional balance is samadhi where there's feeling there's, there's not doesn't, samadhi doesn't mean we don't feel anything but it means there's a balance we're not going up and down with our emotions. We're not indulging in emotional habits and tendencies. We're not following elated, elated emotional experiences or depressing ones. in the developed samadhi you need to transcend the five hindrances and get back to the five hindrances this is most important and you, in order to to really um, have a balanced be balanced emotionally you have to understand the greed, hatred, sloth, torpor, mental agitation and restlessness, and doubt. And so that is, uh, the, the, those five hindrances, once those have been understood, then that is samadhi, when you're no longer deluded or caught into those hindrances in any way. There's a free flow of energy. And though the, the basic kind of dark energies, primordial energies, are, are transmuted. They, they're not just like if you just, uh, if you don't transmute them, if you don't lift them up, if you don't use them, you don't concentrate that energy, then it uh, goes out through sexual uh, activities, through sexual intercourse or it becomes very, very suppressed and uh, then we have all kinds of physical sicknesses and problems so you're say you're working with the um, solar plexus in this area the diaphragm in order to to not uh, suppress the, that energy out of fear of it but to bring it up into the heart so that your emotions are will develop into say uh, into to an equanimous nature into compassion into selflessness rather than just 
ignorant reactions, our fear and desire. So selfishness is always uh, this sense of I am the body, I am and I should be and I shouldn't be. And they say, why don't you sit in the chair? Get seasick looking at you. If you if you can't if you get tired like that sitting, it's you're developing uh, a habit of sitting uh, without mindfulness. So it, it it becomes habitual. So sit in a chair, change it. Don't don't just don't just uh, increase the the tendency. If you can't can't sit like this mindfully and awake and be awake and alert, then do it in a chair. I don't mind. Important thing is to is to uh, not create a habit of this this bobbing up and down. It easily becomes a, a, hab- a, a habit for us, a meditation habit. You see, people just sit there and going like this all the time. They don't even know it. I'm even aware of it. Uh, the compassion, the, the Brahma Viharas, Metta Karuna Mudita Upeka, they come from the heart, they're dynamic. They're not, they, as, as we uh, say, develop that energy, primordial energy, and bring it into the heart, then it's a dynamic. Uh, Experience of 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 compassion. It's not no longer idealizing compassion. It's no longer worshiping Avalokiteshvara as an image, but it's being that way. When Avalokiteshvara, say the the picture above the the on the wall across from me is is an ideal Avalokiteshvara Kuan Yin figure picture. But as they, these energies are drawn into the heart, as we bring them up, upward, these powerful energies, then, then that helps to manifest in action, in attitude, in experience, these compassionate abilities we have as human beings. Metta, loving kindness, karuna, compassion, mudita, joy, upeka, serenity, emotional balance, equanimity. And this is, is the result of, of the marriage between the uh, ideal and the primordial the heavens and the earth produce the the Christ child or the bodhisattva or the uh, compassionate (laughs) being that acts in the world for the welfare of all sentient beings selflessly no longer a brute, no longer uh, an intellectual living in an ivory tower, but ability to, the way those two uh, marry, join together, is in the heart, where we feel life, and where we can, uh, say, affect those around us. 
in the in the right way, in a good way. And just say, for example, the the uh, when we idealize our life as monks and nuns, they become we 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 become static and rigid. A good monk is like this, and then we, we try to become a good monk. But then we've always been frustrated by these uh, primordial energies, instinctual energies, because these instinctual energies aren't, aren't ideal. They seem to always be getting in the way, or seem to be drawing us down. They seem to be obstacles to us, uh, things that prevent us from being really good monks and nuns. So the ideal monk and nun is, just, is always going to feel despair with this life. You're going to feel you can't do it, and that uh, you're going to take it very personally, and uh, interpret these energies in a as if they were as if there's something wrong with you, as if they're your problems. And if you were a healthy, normal person, you wouldn't have these problems. You'd be you'd be able to be this ideal monk or nun. But the instinctual nature is not personal, not not mine. It's the way it is. It's nature. It belongs to nature. It's part of the human experience. And if that's all we were, if if we couldn't, if that's what we're supposed to be, just instinctual creatures then then there's no point in, in being a monk or a nun because this is this isn't uh, the result of instinct choosing to to live the holy life is not is not the perfection of the instinctual nature if, if we would if that's what we're supposed to be just to procreate the species and survival of the fittest then it's life we wouldn't even we wouldn't have we wouldn't d- be, d- be this way we would have no interest we wouldn't even able to be able to conceive of this as being anything as you can see men and women who live more on that level of instinct uh, don't understand what we're doing at all they think we're crazy men, many of the workmen and kind of basic males that come here and look at us and they think we're just a bunch of freaks. <laughs> because they can't actually understand it. They just have, you know, it just doesn't make sense. Women, why, why, do, why do you shave your heads and wear those brown robes? Why don't you go out and get husbands and buy pretty clothes and look pretty and have babies? Crazy. Um, shaving your heads and not wearing any makeup and putting on these kind of shapeless, dark brown sacks <laughs> but then we know many of us know the pain of an ideal world come from uh, backgrounds where we were educated uh, with ideals, uh, democratic ideals, how things should be, ideal of being a free individual, having freedom, having rights, being able to do what I want. 
so that they and yet in the in this life we give up that freedom to do what we want we give it up just to follow and demand, demand rights and privileges so in this this life this whole aim of the Buddhist monastic or samana is to develop this reflective wisdom in which the there is the perfect balance in the heart between the intelligence, discriminative function, the ideal realm, and the instinctual one. The, the, the uh, symbol, isn't it, of the divine, the divine father and the earth mother, or the the, in Christianity, the Heavenly Father, the Virgin Mary. Well, the two extremes, the heavens and the earth. The marriage of heaven and earth. And the result is the Bodhisattva, or the, the Sangha, or the, the Buddha. Seeing the Dhamma. the ability to act and live as a compassionate <coughs> being living on in this in this realm of instinct to survival planetary life and yet not being uh, a part of it not being caught up and deluded by it, but being this realm into this sensual sensual realm see the the human the, the history of humanity longing for those kind of, of uh, beings to arrive, the, the waiting for the Messiah or for Maitreya, or just hoping that somebody comes into our life who will make us happy. Longing for some kind of other external force to come and uh, bring happiness to us and be an example, be a, a uh, be something that we can actually see and know that we can respect and that loves us and respects us so there's that that sense of longing and waiting for Maitreya or the Messiah or for Prince Charming or or some something to come along to to love us and satisfy us, and then through right understanding of Dhamma, we we transcend that longing and that hope towards being that way ourselves, being that Messiah, being that Maitreya, being that which is compassionate, loving, and joyful, equanimous. <coughs> not trying to become that way not not trying to to live up to an idea or put on the mask act like a bodhisattva or, or try to look like Kuan Yin because that that is that is going back to the ideal world again and trying to emulate an ideal rather than opening your heart and and realizing truth and, and trusting having faith in in the Dhamma, in the ultimate truth, the ultimate uh, reality. So we get back to faith again, where it is a, an act of trust in your discriminative mind. is going to think of everything, why you shouldn't be able to trust, and why it sounds silly or impossible. Instinctual nature is going to it's going to get old and then we're going to lose the powers and we're going to uh, if we get older we lose that energy and we we uh, the female loses her ability to to conceive and children and all these kind of menopause and so forth we, we go through so so we we can just become increasingly dull as we get older 
negative and dull and stupid by life because the youthful energies fade and go and, and leave us and we're left with just a, a mind either a disappointed, despairing <coughs> intellectual or just a very stupid and dull person that never that whose only whose whole uh, kind of experience was li- of life was based on those instinctual drives and when they stop then it's just there's nothing there's no, nothing else to, to go by but just maybe watching the television the rest of your life becoming increasingly moronic so this is just a reflection on this Sila Samadhi Panya how to use these terms and, and how to reflect on this as, as, an exper- as your own experience of life this body is this way this, these, this body with its, uh, with its uh, sexual organs excretory organs the uh, digestive organs Although they're the kind of nasty side of our life, like not pretty. We don't, in England, we don't generally talk about them, sexual organs in polite society. Why don't we talk about them? Everybody has them. <laughs> because it's not very polite, is it? It's not, it's not what nice people talk about. Ideal people. About our digestive organs excretory organs really somebody talks about their excretory organs <laughs> let me out of here <laughs> not just talking about them but we but recognizing them not taking them personally there's nothing wrong with them or bad about them they but they are what they are, and and to bring attention that we can actually bring our bring them into consciousness, which is not criticizing them from the ideal, isn't it? From the ideal, from the brain, we think, oh, extra organs, don't want to think about it, don't like it. That's discrimination, isn't it? It's it's because uh, we think of it as as a very personal way. We think of them as, and we don't want to think of ourselves as, as uh, excrement. We can think of other people as excrement. <laughs> but when you when you meditate, bring into bring your attention to that, to the lower part of your body, to the to the uh, anus and the genitals and the and the uh, below the navel, all that area, and try to bring that into consciousness, the feeling of it. Try to sustain and hold your attention, so you are bringing into consciousness that very powerful part of your body that affects your mind which you can just totally suppress and ignore and reject as an ideal and as a view of yourself you don't one doesn't like to think of it in, 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 in that personal way but in in uh, meditation you actually uh, bringing these these this power and these the powerful organs of your own body into your consciousness then you can you can let go of the fears and emotional reactions you have in regard to that part that experience of your life because usually we're afraid of it aren't we 
women, how much, how much they feel about their menstrual uh, cycles. And they used to, I remember my mother used to call it the curse. Women's curse. Well, that's pretty heavy way of looking at it. And uh, this, this, the, the, uh, this kind of uh, experience is taken as a personal thing, might seem like a, a, some, an obstacle or a, something you'd like to get rid of or wish you didn't have. As a person, as an ideal person, as an ideal person, it, one doesn't want to menstruate, I'm sure. One wants to smell like a, like a violet. One wants to be pretty all the time and, and to give, give off beautiful kind of flower-like fragrances and, and uh, not have any kind of gross uh, things being expelled through the body. It's uh, shameful and disgusting and awful from the ideal plane only, isn't it? And emotionally, we, we get confused by it. But it's only through understanding, you say, as Dhamma, then these things are as they are. And that, that whole, that, the power and energy of, that exists in the that part of the body is then can be used for spiritual mm -hmm. development, lifted upward to to allow your heart to develop, to allow your your intellect and to to uh, to say be um, realized, the ideals to be realized more and more, not through attachment to static ideas, but to actual ability to be aware, mindful, wise, compassionate. When we contemplate the heart, and the, this, this is the, the love, the compassion, the joy of our human state, and that can only be realized through through understanding, not through trying to become happy or become a, a bodhisattva, but through realization of Dhamma, the way things are, the Buddha seeing the Dhamma, then there's the Sangha, those who, the Supatipanno, those who practice in the right way, those who do the good. And the serene, the joyful, the happy, the realized beings. 